When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after viewing the starting, the belt... They're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. It's Monday. And that means I hope you had a great weekend. I know I did. Uh, We are looking at sunny skies where I'm at here in the uh, Grand Ledge, Michigan area. I hope you got a great start to your Monday. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. I know I did. Got a chance to spend it with family, which, you know, can't beat that, right? I got a chance to hang out with my son yesterday for a while. So uh, life is good. Hey, you're welcoming here. We're welcoming here to the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, the Captain Lou Sports Network. You can watch all of our previous shows, our archive shows here on uh, the network. And also you can follow us, as it says on the bottom of the screen, on Twitter, at the Real Captain Lou, or on uh, Facebook, the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page, or my personal Facebook page, Louis Gamlin. Or you can drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com as uh, we got a lot to talk about here today uh a no guest monday um we're just gonna rattle off through some topics here this morning and uh, get our week started uh again want to remind everybody we are powered up by belly up sports check out our website bellyupsports.com as uh, you've got the complete list of podcasts and shows that we have here on the belly up network of podcasts and also Check out our website, uh, bellyupsports.com, for our latest articles. Uh, We cover all the sports throughout the spectrum here in the sports world. And, of course, we've got it all for you on bellyupsports.com. We are sponsored by maulerbros.com. Check out maulerbros.com and use the promo code BELLYUP for a 15% off discount. They've got the best in attire for you to look good on the golf course 
It'll help you play good, too. I promise you that. That's Mahler Brothers, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. They've got a lot of great stuff on there. And use the promo, promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your purchase. Well, as we mentioned, we got a lot to talk about. The Stanley Cup playoffs are in full swing, as well as the NBA playoffs. Round two for both of them. We've got some surprises and a little bit of excitement. We were going to start out talking about the uh, Major League Bear, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. But, of course, uh, something happened in the NBA playoffs yesterday between the Suns and the Nuggets. And we'll probably start off with that here momentarily. But we have some great, great uh, series going on now. I think all four of them were at 2-1 to one at one point in the NBA playoffs. Now we've got an evened-up series. And uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that as well now as uh, the fallout from the excitement in Phoenix yesterday in Game 4. We'll talk about that here momentarily. Also, uh, the NHL playoffs, we've got one team on the brink of elimination, that being the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll touch on that momentarily. And a look back at the uh, career of a dynamic pitcher back in the 70s. One of the first pitchers I remember on an opposing team when I started watching baseball back in the early 1970s, Vita Blue passed away over the weekend at the age of 73. The leg kick, uh, you know, as funny as talking or on Twitter, kind of going back and forth a little bit with a friend of mine, Rick Morales. He brought up a great point. The leg kick. How many of you that played baseball back in the 70s like I did tried to emulate that leg kick along with Luis Tiant with his windup? Uh, just, a, again, a... a uh, colorful figure, no pun intended. Vita Blue was one of the mainstays in that Oakland A's rotation back in the early 70s. I'll call them a dynasty. They won three straight World Series. Uh, they also, uh, you know, five division titles back in the early 70s. And uh, Vita Blue was one of those um, key components of that pitching staff, him and Catfish Hunter. Vita Blue had his run-ins with Charlie Finley, as a lot of people did back in the 70s. But uh, – Gone too young at the age of 73. We'll talk more about that as uh, we get going here in the show today. Again, a great Monday. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Monday. Let's get right into it. Our poll question, the Captain Lou Extravaganza poll question, powered up by Belly Up Sports. Who is more at fault in what happened yesterday in that game against uh, the, between the Suns and the Nuggets? Suns owner Matt Ishbia or uh, potential... Uh, MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic. Now, I'm sure you guys have all seen the highlight, uh, the play that was out of bounds with Ishbia grabbing the ball. Um, Jokic going into the stands trying to get the ball back. He kind of a little altercation. He kind of gave him, some call it an elbow, some call it a forearm. Did Ishbia flop? Why didn't Ishbia give him the ball back right away? It begs the question. First of all, how do you tell an owner that they can't sit courtside in this? I mean, they own the team. You've got a guy like Mark Cuban who's down there all the time. Now, Mark's kind of a little more outspoken than Matt Ishbia is, although Ishbia's only been a team owner for, you know, a few months. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I think Ishbia, you know, he's – I think he's going to do great things for the Suns. I mean, compared to the last guy that they had, it's like night and day. And I, I think he's going to be a great owner for the NBA. He's done so well for himself, played basketball at Michigan State, was on that championship chip team in uh, 2000 for uh, head coach Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans. He's went on to have 
obviously in an amazing career in the professional side, the professional world or whatever. And he's made a name for himself and he's done really well. And he's a good dude. You know, he's a very good dude. But being a good dude, sometimes even though you're, you know, he's a sports fan, obviously, if he owns the Mercury and he owns the Suns. And he got into it in the heat of the moment. And I think that's what it boils down to is a heat of the moment thing. I think it's going to be a learning curve or a learning, uh, a, a lesson learned for him. Do I think anybody should get suspended for this? Absolutely not. If you're going to suspend Jokic, that's going to turn the tide of the series. Was he at fault? Possibly. Should he have gotten a technical foul? I think, yeah, that's probably where it stands. But on the other side of the coin, fans can't get involved in the game. Why didn't Ishbia give him the ball back right away? And come on. That was a flop. I'm sorry. He flopped. I mean, yeah, he took an elbow, but, you know, it didn't look like it was that egregious. So, I, you know, he's a ball player. And, again, he got in the heat of the moment. I just – it's not a good look. You know, it's one – let's put it this way. If you or I did it, we'd be we'd have been kicked out of the arena. No doubt about it. There'd have been no there might have been a technical foul, but we would have been kicked out of the arena. No question. Now, Matt Ishby is going to get a pass because he is the owner. But ah, we'll see what kind of message is sent. And here's the thing: what do you do to both of the players? Ishbia can get fined fifty thousand dollars. That's like five bucks to you and me. But is that fair if he gets fined and Jokic gets suspended? I don't think that's a fair deal either. There's a little difference between stomping somebody on the head or in the belly as opposed to that. Fans cannot get involved. Now, I know the ball went out of bounds. Ishbia could have gave the ball right back, and Jokic probably couldn't have gotten his face. Is this overblown? I don't know. Makes for great fodder for us, though, doesn't it? I just don't, I don't think Ishbia should get, I don't think Jokic should get suspended. And I don't even know if Ishbia deserves a fine. I just think this could be a lesson learned for him. I think that he can get a pass for this, but I, how, how are you going to suspend him? I mean, I just don't think that a suspension is warranted. I, you know, it was in the heat of the moment and, you know, I, I don't know, but Again, if that was a fan, I don't know if he'd be arrested, but he wouldn't be sitting there anymore. He'd be gone. And that's where I think Ishbia will probably get a pass on that because he is the owner. But it begs the question is, is it smart for an owner to sit courtside? Now, you look at uh, all the other sports that we have in the NFL, you don't see, you know, the owners are in the box. Now, you get a couple of them that wander down to the field. But... You know, you don't see him getting in altercations with players. <laughs> I wouldn't want to in the NFL anyways. Um, Major League Baseball, they're not on the field. They're in the stands. The NHL, they're up in the box or they're behind the glass. So this is a unique situation with the NBA. This really is the only sport where you can have an owner sitting right down at courtside. But with that comes responsibility. The owner's not an ordinary fan. With that, you can't. You, you can't act like an ordinary fan if you're an owner. I mean, you can sit down there and you can be smart about it, but he wasn't smart about it. He made himself part of what happened. 
And that's why I think he may have to pay a penalty. With ownership comes responsibility. And I just think that Ishbia has to learn that responsibility. And this could be a lesson learned. No, I'm not saying that Jokic goes without fault here. I really don't. But I think that, uh, I don't know, I think, I, I just think it would be foolish for Jokic to get suspended. I think a technical fall was warranted, and that's where it should stay. I don't think this is as egregious as what Draymond Green did, or even, you know, I think it's right on par with that stomp, even though that was an inadvertent stomp in the Celtics series. So it, 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 it's so it's so hard to kind of figure out what what the punishment should be on this. It really is. And so I'm kind of kind of at a loss here on, you know, what the punishment should be in this situation. Most people right now are siding with Matt Ishbia being at fault. I think they both were at fault. To what degree? I'm not sure. So anyways, that's the excitement in the NBA. Hope it doesn't take away from what is some of the series. You look at you look at the Suns now. It's even two to two. They're going back to Denver. It, they, I'll tell you what. Without Chris Paul, the Suns look like they were in serious trouble. Now they've got the momentum. Now this is going to be such a pivotal game five up in Denver. Um, who's going to come out on top on this one now? You know, it's, it's you've got momentum on their side. Denver gets to go back home. Winning four out of five is difficult but not impossible. And we know we've seen, especially in the NHL where the home court advantage, I don't know, maybe it rains a little more um, relevant in the NBA, certainly not in the NHL, but uh, that's going to be interesting how that plays out, you know, without Chris Paul for game five, can Kevin Durant, can can Booker keep it up? Can Aiton keep it up? And how does Jokic um, react after this? And again, it's going to all come down to what happens with the fines. If there is going to be a suspension, if there is going to be a fine in this one. So a lot to tell in game five. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. The other NBA playoffs, how can you not like what's going on in this with the Celtics and the 76ers? You know, it's funny is I was sitting here with my son yesterday. We were talking about it. And, you know, I, and, you know, and then we're talking with my dad. Back in the day, you know, as a Pistons fan, growing up watching the Pistons back in the 80s, Pistons, Lakers, Celtics, you know, then the Bulls, 76ers. It felt sacrilege if you vote for the Celtics. This is not the same kind of team that you hated back in the 80s. And I'm not saying they did anything bad. It's just maybe it's because our Pistons were so good back in the 80s, couldn't get over the hump against the Celtics. But, I just, you know, so many storylines in this game – it's been fun to watch. And, you know, you know, Tatum and, and Brown, but and Al Horford. Now I know, I know that Embiid may not be a hundred percent, but Embiid looked like he was running out of gas towards the fourth quarter. Horford and he's like on the fountain of youth. Heck of a game by him. Yes, it was a push off towards the end there that to set up the overtime. But man, Harden playing like a man possessed taken over in overtime when they needed it. 42 points again. Now that series is setting up to be a, a beauty to go probably seven games. Wow, it's, it's entertaining, I have to say. you got to like what's going on in that series. And now they, they bounce back for the next game. Um, I could see that one going seven. 
and it, it kind of rekindles that playoff rivalry back in the early 80s when the Celtics and the 76ers were the two best teams in the East, along with Milwaukee. And then, of course, when Detroit came along, the 76ers started to fade a little bit, and Detroit took over for Philadelphia before they made their run. But this kind of reminds me of those rivalries. You saw Julius Irving up in the box. You know, some, some of the uh, 76er greats watching. I mean, this is what it's all about. And this is kind of rekindling my interest in the NBA. And you can always tell when it's playoff time. The games are a little better. And so I'm really looking forward to watching this one, how this one shakes out. Game three the other night with uh, Golden State in L.A. It was so funny watching the reaction on social media to how LeBron James did not take a shot in the opening round or the opening quarter, first quarter of uh, game three. And everybody was just ragging on him and saying the Lakers were done. He was timid, blah, blah, blah. The Lakers came out on top in that one. And AD played well. You know, D'Angelo Russell started out hot. So LeBron didn't have to. Now this is a huge game four. Huge game four. The first question you ask, who is it bigger for? Who is this more important for? We all know about the um, ineptitude on the road for the Golden State Warriors in the regular season. But they were able to win game six over in Sacramento when their backs were against the wall. Is this going to be more important for L.A. to win tonight or in game four tonight? Or is it more important for Golden State? I mean, it's just important. To me, it's just as important for either team. You go down 3-1, you got to win three out of the next four. That's going to be difficult, or three in a row, I should say. If you're L.A., you've got all the momentum right now. You win this one. It's important to get this one to get a stranglehold. It's 2-2 going back to Golden State. Home court is back on the side of the Warriors. This is such a huge game. And, again, we talked about this on Friday. Is there a letdown? Is there going to be a letdown after this with the way these series, you know, with the magnitude of these marquee names in these series with Philadelphia and Boston? And then on the other side, you've got uh, Golden State and L.A. After these two series are over, you get to the conference finals. Is there going to be a letdown? Will there be a letdown if it's, I don't know, Denver and Golden State or Philadelphia and Miami? I mean, I don't know. It's I know the Heat have done well recently, but you know, do they have the marquee names in Miami? I mean, can if New York comes back, is it going to rekindle anything? Is there, is there going to be a letdown? Now, I know everybody's saying that there's a lot of conspiracy theories saying they want to that the NBA is wanting a Boston LA series. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I look at. I look at Golden State and I think, you know, they've got the names there too. They're the team right now. And then, of course, what's at stake here for legacies? Is there an opportunity for Steph Curry? If he wins this championship, he's got five. Now do we start talking about putting him ahead of LeBron? That's going to raise a lot of red flags. That's going to raise a lot of questions, a lot of banner back and forth. For those of you that are more into it, more in tune for – in uh, the NBA than I am. But the playoffs are raising my interest a little bit. And then again, it begs the age-old question, how relevant is the regular season as compared to the NBA playoffs? Now when you've got 10 teams getting in, you've got the play-in rounds or whatever. 
you know, you look at the other series, but this is going to be a huge game for the Golden State in L.A. And can A.D. play two good games in a row? Is he going to take one off tonight? If he does, L.A. is going to lose. They can't afford to have him playing good every other week or every other game, I should say. He's got to bounce back and play good tonight in game four. Not bounce back. He's got to keep it up because if he doesn't, and L.A. loses this one, I think they go back to Golden State 2-2. Golden State's going to have all that momentum, and they they know what it's – they've been there more often in the last decade, and I think that they can kind of build from that and uh, make it a point to be able to get there and win out the series. Finally, in the NBA, before we wrap up the NBA part of it, Jimmy Butler got back and he gave Miami a boost in game three. How healthy is he? But having him out there, you know how it is – how a boost is for that. They don't have Oladipo, um, and so they don't have Tyler Hero. They're going to need a yeoman's work by Butler just to make it through. Again, now we've got a huge game four in this one. You know, the Knicks need this one to get home court advantage back, tied up at two. You know, another huge game. These game fours are so pivotal um, in all the series. With all of them being at 2-1, there's an opportunity for but for the Knicks to try to win one on the road. Can they do that? Make it game three or game five up in New York, two two. Miami goes up game three games to one. Man, it is such a huge huge advantage to keep that a uh, you know when you know that in the back of your mind you're up three one. You don't win. The pressure's not on you. But then again, if you go up three one, you lose game five up in New York. Then it starts to get a little bit more tougher. You know you got to you start thinking about it more and how important it is to win that game six at home. Just ask the Boston Bruins. You know, they couldn't put it away up 3-1. So, interesting game four scenarios. And, again, of course, we got our poll question powered up by Belly Up Sports. Who's more at fault, Matt Ishbia or Nikola Jokic? You can vote on my uh, Twitter handle, at TheRealCaptainLou, or look me up on Facebook, the Captain Lou Extravaganza Facebook page, or my personal Facebook page, Facebook page Lewis Gamlin. We'll have that poll up for a couple of days. We'll give you the final results of it on Wednesday, and we'll see who you think. Early results have Ishbia more at fault in this uh, altercation, if you want to call it that, game four in the Suns uh, game against the Denver Nuggets. So, anyways, let's uh, we'll switch gears and talk uh, NHL hockey. But first, I know when you're golfing, the sun's beating down, and you want to take your shirt off, and you know you can on the golf course. It's so darn hot. Those polos that you're wearing, a lot of times when it gets warm, it's about 90 degrees. It feels like it, man. You're sweating. You're not feeling good. So when you're not feeling good, you're not playing good. Well, not only weren't you feeling good, but now you want to look good. I've got the answer for you. Mahler Bros Golf, they've got the polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. And we all know what we say. If you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. And that's all that counts. Mahler, Mahler Bros Golf has that large catalog of polos with designs that are a little bit loud if you want to be seen three holes down, or if you're more like me, a little more conservative, subtle and sleek looking designs. They've got fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use the promo code BELLYUP when you go to the website, by the way. Mahler Bros Golf, M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. MarlerBros.com, 
and use the promo code BELLYUP and you'll get a 15% discount. It is that simple. That's Mahler Bros Golf. Again, you'll look good. And when you look good, you'll feel good. And when you feel good, you'll play good. And just check out MahlerBros.com and use the promo code BELLYUP and you'll get 15% off your purchase. Again, we want to thank everybody for joining us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network, powered up by Belly Up Sports. Check out our website, bellyupsports.com, for all the latest uh, stories. Our great, great, exceptional group of writers bring you every day here on uh, bellyupsports.com. And also take a look at our lineup of podcasts. We've got guys covering a wide variety of sports uh, nationwide throughout every every sport you can imagine, from pro wrestling to lacrosse to the four majors, so to speak, NASCAR. You know, we had a fight in the NASCAR race yesterday. Uh, well, not really a fight, a sucker punch, if you will. I've got to tell you, it's just, you know, never a dull moment on the racetrack, too. So, I mean, we're getting more news made for stuff going on off the court, off the, you know, off the track, whatever. It's just amazing, but that's that's our sports world right now. So why not, eh? Let's. Uh, it's just guys and gals just having a little fun, right? That's uh, you know, everybody's so excited about play about sports, and especially with the playoffs going around in the NHL, and of course in the NBA. Speaking of the NHL, let's get to it. Toronto, heavy favorites going into this series. Florida. Playing like a team possessed. Down 3-1 against Boston. They went three in a row, including two on the road. Game five in Boston. Game seven in Boston. They get the series. They defeat the Reds or the uh Celtic or the Celtics Red Sox. The Bruins in overtime. Then they go up to Toronto. Win game one. Everybody thinks, all right, they're playing on a little bit of emotion, playing on a little bit of adrenaline. They go in in game two. Toronto, to me, showed so much lack of urgency in Game 2 is incredible. And uh, the carelessness in with which they played in Game 2 was incredible. And then Game 3 last night, playing against uh, – they get the lead again against Florida. They go up one nothing, then it's tied up. They go up 2-1. They give up the tying goal on a beautiful play. And it's, it was – it was great. I love listening to Rick Tockett. No nonsense. You know, he's on the TNT crew, and he hit the nail on the head. Put that all on Toronto, on, you know, on the defense, on the back line. Why were they not keeping the pressure on them as they came up over the, over the line? They backed off, and it gave them the opportunity to make the play. And a defensive lapse and a wide-open net to get that tying goal. And then in overtime, you know, they just kept the pressure on and a nice wraparound, you know, he was able to get it through the five hole. Next thing you know, a stranglehold. Three nothing now. Toronto on the brink of elimination. I didn't see that one coming. Now at the beginning of the playoffs, I had a Toronto Edmonton uh, Stanley Cup final. You know, I'm going to stick with it. The only reason I'm rooting for it, well, I've got friends that are diehard Leaf fans. I feel bad for them. They finally got over the hump, getting out of the first round, winning a series for the first time in 19 years. But now they're down three nothing. It's like it's almost like they heaved that sigh of relief and they thought, okay, we got this far. That's good. 
it's just so uncharacteristic. The turnovers, the lack of it just the lack of urgency. It just that's the impression you get. And when you're in the playoffs, how can you not how can you let up on the lack of urgency? That's what I don't understand. Austin Math Nylander, uh, you know, Tavares, the big names. And now they got Samsonov, who might not be back for the rest of the playoffs, took that wicked hit in goal in the first period. Now, I don't blame Wall. I mean, you're coming in cold with no warm-ups, and you're coming in on a power play yet. And they scored on the power play to tie it up, and then, you know, Toronto gave them the lead back. I don't blame them for any of those goals. I mean, that tying goal to make it 2-2, he did everything he could. And that opening goal, the deke move there, that was incredible. So, I mean, now all of a sudden it's 2-2 and then that overtime goal, I mean, what are you going to do? Now Toronto's on the brink. And the Florida Panthers, you know, Samsonov is playing good. He's not playing great, but he's playing good. And there really is no – the goaltending to me, usually you ride a hot goaltender when you get – you know, you see some of these younger younger teams, teams that are maybe an eight seed or a seven seed, you know, you think goaltending, that might be what's carrying them. And it's not. It really isn't. It's just, they're just executing better, as crazy as it sounds. So Toronto, man, can they win three in a row? I don't think they're going to. They might be able to win game five up in Toronto. We'll see. We'll see what kind of heart they have. We'll see what kind of effort they have coming out in the first five, the first period. Actually, the first two periods, because in uh, game three, or game two, I mean, up in uh, Toronto, they jumped out 2 nothing after five minutes, and I thought, all right, game's over. You know, they're back in it. And then they let up. It just seems like they took the foot off the gas pedal. And I know it's human nature to do it, but for as long as they did, enough to let Florida back in the series and Florida taking command of those, taking advantage of those mistakes, now it's 3-0, Toronto's in trouble. And I don't see him digging out of that hole. And then, of course, you had the Kraken last night. Wow, look at that offense. Five goals in the second period last night. It, it, you know, it was so funny. Is One of the things I really liked about Dallas was their defensive play in that opening round series uh, against Minnesota. They put the clamps down. But, boy, Seattle, you know, they've got a halfway decent goaltender. Grubauer He's above average. But the offensive firepower that the Kraken have, could, now they're up 2-1. At home, game four coming up, they've got an opportunity to take a stranglehold in that series. This one, I think, could go 6-7 or seven too. This is fun. You know, I, I love watching the play of the Seattle Kraken. They're, they're just full bore, full bore. You know, and just how can you not love the play of that? And that's going to be exciting to watch. Then, of course, you got uh, the Devils yesterday coming back. They explode on Carolina getting eight goals yesterday. They're down 2-1. They've got to try to win game four to uh, even up the series. Carolina looked so uh, dominant in those first two games. Now we've got a 2-1 to series lead for Carolina. Game three coming up tomorrow night, I believe. They've got an opportunity to do the Devils to tie it up. And uh, I think I can see Carolina bouncing back. We'll see if it's a one-off 
if uh, Carolina wins and gets complete control of that one up three games to one. And then, of course, last but not least, Edmonton and Vegas. What can you say about that one? Now, Evander Kane, you know, he's the Draymond Green of the NHL. Now, Kane's been kind of a I, – I, I'm not a big fan. Now, I I get it. You're going to have fisticuffs. I'm all about the fights in the NHL. You can't do away with them because if you do away with the fights, then you're going to start getting stick work retaliation, and that's not what they want. But if you're going to duke it out, you know, I love how he was giving kidney punches to him on the ground. And obviously they were like WWE punches because the guy the guy got back up and they started to go toe-to-toe. But leave it to Kane to do that. But he revels in it. He's had a checkered past. He's a dirty player. He's borderline dirty. I just, you know, I, I just, he he plays that role perfectly. And it's just an added dimension to this series. Edmonton came out, fired up, guns ablazing, four goals in the opening period in game two, setting up which is what's going to be just a monster game three up in Edmonton. This one's going to go seven, at least I hope so. Man, this is such a huge, huge series. These two teams, in my opinion, the best two teams in the um, Western Conference of the NHL, and it might be the two best teams left, period, now that Boston got unceremoniously dumped in uh, round three of the uh, – or in round one of the uh, – of, you know, of the series. Now you've got Edmonton. You've got Vegas. Uh, I see this one going seven games. And uh, it's going to be uh, going to be fun to see how that plays out. But you know, what can you say about Leon Dreisaitl? The guy's amazing. You know, and McDavid's starting to warm up a little bit now. And they show up in the big games. They're taking control. Man, it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch that series. And you've got Mark Stone. What if there isn't a comeback of the year award? You know, if he doesn't get it. You know, I don't know who does, deserves it. Two back surgeries, and he comes back, and he's making such an impact in the Stanley Cup playoffs. How do you not love the play of him? Eichel is up and down, but again, it's not the goaltending in any of these series. It really isn't. I mean, Samsonov's made—I'm sorry, uh, uh, Bobrowski's made a few good saves. He's had, but it's been up and down. So it's just been who makes the plays at just the right times and takes advantage of the lapses. But now the back-and-forth play of uh, Edmonton and Vegas, this Game 3 is going to be amazing. Finally, in, in NHL, before we kind of wrap things up here today, Gerard Gallant's out in New York. Now we know you've seen all the rumblings. You know, you've seen him arguing with uh, the GM. You see you know, the arguments with the players. His style is just old. It's archaic. Was it justified? I don't know if it's justified or not. I kind of tend to believe that he got a raw deal. I think he got, I personally think he got a raw deal in Vegas, but this is three teams now where something's going on with him that it's, I think it's just his style. You could get away with, you know, with, with the, his coaching style, the gruffness, the, you know, the bearing down on the players. You could get away with that 30, 20 years ago. Players just, it's more of a player's league in the NHL, the NBA, whatever. That kind of style just isn't in. Will he get another coaching opportunity? Probably. I know there's already rumors that he could be headed to Columbus. 
is that would they be able to handle that? I don't know. It's uh, I I don't know if I buy that, but but then again, that's the style. That's the way it is now in pro sports. Look at what happened in the NBA with Mike Budenholzer getting fired in Milwaukee. You can win a championship one or two years ago, it doesn't matter. You get knocked out of the playoffs early, boom, you're out. Three of the last four NBA champions, their, their coaches are already gone. It's what have you done for me lately? And, you know, I didn't think the Rangers were favored in the playoffs, especially in the opening round. I thought it was a pretty even series. And you can't fire the players. Where was Tarasenko? Where was Kane? These uh, acquisitions that the GM made. They were like Casper the Ghost. They were non-existent. Non-existent. And so, of course, Gallant's going to be the fall guy. And I, I don't think it was justified. I think he should have probably been getting, given at least one more year. But the players tuned him out. And, you know, the players rule now. The players with all these big contracts, what they don't want, if they don't want you, you're out. They're the ones making the big money. They're not the ones held accountable. It's the players or it's the coaches. And unfortunately, that's just the way it goes right now in the sports world. And what scares me now is now you got NIL going in college sports. How much with some of these kids with the money they're making? How much is that going to start working its way into college sports? It's going to be interesting to see coming up here, you know, in a few years. But Gerard Gallant out in New York, you know, the rumored replacements. Joel Quenville is looking to get reinstated back in the NHL uh, with all that mess that he had with Chicago, with the uh, sex abuse scandals there. Uh, Patrick Waugh, wouldn't that be something to see Patrick Waugh as a coach in the NHL, his fieriness? I personally would love to see it. You know, he was arch enemy number one in Colorado for us Red Wings fans, but, you know, it's like Larry Bird is from the Celtics. You hated him on the other side, but, man, he's a competitor. And he's a smart guy. But can they tolerate? Would Patrick Waugh be able to tolerate some of the players and some of the uh, the uh, entitlement issues that have crept into pro sports? Let's face it. These pro players are entitled. They get their way. Can a guy like Patrick Waugh be able to handle that? It's a different style of coaching. And I don't know if he can handle that, but it would be fun to watch. I personally would hope – I would love to see Patrick Waugh as a head coach for the New York Rangers. Well, as we close up shop here today on this Monday, again, want to thank everybody for taking time out to be with us today. It's always fun. Love doing this. I want to thank, again, the Belly Up Network. Uh, blessed to be a part of the network. A lot of fun stuff going on. we got a lot of great stuff going on here. Again, on here throughout this – for the most of the summer, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday – as I rehab from my foot and ankle surgery, I'll be on at 10 a.m. three days a week. Uh, really excited to be able to do this. It's uh, a labor of love for me, and uh, we're going to have great guests coming on uh, later on. Um, we've got a good one coming up Wednesday. Matt Sh or uh, Ryan Schuling is going to join us, former uh, radio personality here in the East Lansing, Michigan area. Now he's a radio producer out in Denver. Wow. How cool is that? We booked this last week. Not only can we talk about uh, what we got him on was to talk about the transfer portal 
and about Deion Sanders, the impact he's making out in Colorado. But now we get a bonus topic to talk about Matt Ishbia and uh, Nikola Jokic and the Suns and Nuggets series. So <laughs> we're going to have a lot to talk about with Ryan. Really looking forward to that on Wednesday. We're going to sit down with him and talk a little sports with him. Always gracious with his time. So really looking forward to that. But we got a lot more great uh, guests lined up. So we can't wait to bring that to you throughout the summer. You're on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. And a reminder that you can catch a podcast form of this. It'll be downloaded this afternoon. We'll have this for you. You can, there's something that you missed. You can uh, take a listen to that. Also, our poll question, who's more at fault, Matt Ishbia or Nikola Jokic? Right now, 72%, or actually it's down to 60%, say it's Matt Ishbia, 40% Nikola Jokic. So it was up to 72%. You can catch that on my Twitter handle. That's at RealCaptainLou or on my Facebook page, which is uh, the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Follow us there or my personal page, Louis Gamlin. Or drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. Well, we want to close our conversation tonight. An NBA or an NBA, Major League Baseball, one of the greats, Vita Blue passed away this past weekend or uh, at the age of 73, passed away on Saturday night. Vita Blue came up with the A's. He signed with them when they were back, when they were in Kansas City. And he came up 1971 as a rookie. All he did was gain the uh, MVP and the Cy Young in the same year, helped Oakland to the first of their three straight World Series championships. Uh, I can remember watching Vita Blue in the 70s, as I mentioned earlier. You know, he had the leg kick as a pitcher, you know, in Little League and whatnot. Everybody emulated those leg kicks, man, and he was right there at the forefront. Him and uh, Luis Tiant with that windup. I mean, everybody, it was so fun to try to do that. Now, nobody could do Luis Tiant real well, but we all tried. But um, Vita Blue, you know, watching him in the 70s, um, I can remember him. I don't remember him a whole lot of 71. I do remember reading about him, but 72 was when, you know, my Detroit Tigers were still up there. They played in that epic five-game 72 championship series where uh, Detroit lost in five games to Oakland. He had a rough year. He started out in 72. He held out for more money with Charles Finley. He came in, I think his record was like six and 10 or whatever, but I think he pitched in game five. I think he had three or four shutout innings of relief, but of course that series, what I remember is uh, Burt Campanaris whipping his bat at Laren Legros in game four, I believe it was. And uh, being able to uh, play hooky, um, my mom and dad let me stay home to watch it because it was all on afternoon TV on NBC. But, um, yeah, he uh, came back and went 20-9 and in 73 to help lead them to the championship. Oakland had five straight uh, championship or division championships, three straight World Series. Vita Blue was right there in the middle of it. Then, of course, he had his issues with Charlie Finley. And, he want, you know, they were going to sell his – he tried to sell his contract to the Yankees. Bowie Kuhn wouldn't let him do it. And then, of course, I think it was 76. They had a trade in place where Vita Blue was going to be traded to the Cincinnati Reds, but they vetoed it. Bowie Kuhn vetoed that trade because he think he thought it wasn't good for the game of baseball because it would have had, you know, it just they wanted to keep the fairness sense into it. They 
wanted to make, you know, they didn't want the rich getting richer, so to speak. So, I mean, finally he got traded to the San Francisco Giants, played there for a few years off and on, played at Kansas City. But, you know, a great career. You know, he I had a little bit of issue with drugs and alcohol, but, boy, he was a great pitcher back in the 70s, watching him again with that leg kick dominant. Him and Catfish Hunter back in the early 70s with the A's, they were a machine. You talk about dynasties. You want to label dynasties. How could you not label the Oakland A's as a dynasty in 71, 72, 73, winning three straight World Series? Something you will never see ever again. I don't think you'll see three straight World Series championships. I don't think you will, as you can hear. <laughs> um, and then five straight, five straight divisions, I think you can see. That happens all the time. Just ask the L.A. Dodgers. You know, they've won how many divisions in a row and only one World Series. They're like the Atlanta Braves of the 90s. Oakland did it back in the late 70s, and they got there back in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. But uh, Vita Blue passed away at the age of 73. Well, hey, that's going to do it. We had a great show today, a lot of fun. Appreciate you taking time out to be with us again. Our show will be downloaded um, for podcast form later on this afternoon. You can check it out if there's something you missed. We will be live again Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Ryan Schuling will be our guest. We'll talk transfer portal and the effect it's having on college sports already. Um, we're going to talk about Deion Sanders, the effect, the Deion effect, the primetime effect that's uh, he's having on Colorado. Uh, Ryan, a pre radio producer out uh, in Denver. And then we're going to talk about him or talk about the, uh, Matt Ishbia and Nikola Jokic situation. By then, we'll know if any fines or suspensions came about because of that uh, little altercation in Game 4. And again, we invite you to check out our Twitter page. Our poll is up. Who's at fault? Matt Ishbia or Nikola Jokic? 60%. Last I checked, now it's up to 68.4%. Say Matt Ishbia. 31.6%. Say Nikola Jokic. Follow me on Twitter. You can vote on our poll or my Facebook page, which is either the Captain Lou Extravaganza or my personal page at Lewis Gamlin. So, and again, drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy the sports world. Huge game fours in both the NHL and the NBA. We'll talk all about that on Wednesday. Captain Lou saying so long. Thanks for joining us here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel there. And a reminder, keep your heads up. Keep your sticks down, keep your feet moving, and as always, keep your minds open. Good afternoon. Good morning, everybody. Good day. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. So long.